Hi, hello, good morning, and welcome to this week's serving of Mickey Waffles, a Disney podcast where we cover everything from perks, movies, and merchandise. My name is Sinead. My name is Kate. Hi, guys. How's it going? Are y'all having a great week? Great week all around. Woohoo! How is your week going? Grand. Did you survive Black Friday? I did. Excellent. So many idiots. Yeah. When we have a everything is 50% off and people are like, is this 50% off? Oh no. But besides the woes of retail. Correct. Which is my entire life. <laughs> so I've decided that we should add in a new thing to every every week where we talk about the most recent episode of the Imagineering story that we've watched. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Until we catch up eventually. <laughs> So, because we watch it, we used to watch the Diz when we were having dinner before we would record, breaking the fourth wall. Um, we do still watch the Diz just separately, but then we watch the Imagineering story when we're having dinner. Yeah, because I just don't have time to watch it because it's on a special way. And I just don't have time to like sit down and figure it out on like a TV because mm. everything I watch now is on my phone because yeah. I'm so busy. So yeah, it's a great time to sit down and watch it. Yeah. So we've watched episode two. And that covers, it starts with the Haunted Mansion, goes into Magic Kingdom, Epcot, and then also kind of briefly tiptoeing into Tokyo Disneyland. Yes. What did you think? I think it's great. The big thing I got from it was that Disney had a fully functioning solar power unit in 1978 where their solar panels were their roofs and it just, they, they for 1978, I just can't believe how like forward thinking it was. And how backwards America still is. Not America though, like the whole world. Like, why are we not building all houses? Oh yeah, fully with solar panel roofs. Yeah, like, but why for is a that company a that's like based in America, my like first instinct is that like the American government needs to go to those people at in nineteen seventy eight and should have been like, "Hey, would you like a job in the Department of Agriculture?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's mental and like the various things that they kind of cover in it about like building Epcot in particular because I think Magic Kingdom was kind of they took a lot of what they learned in Disneyland and just reapplied it there yeah. it's another castle park it has the same lands it is what it is but because Epcot was so different yeah. and it was meant to be educational and it was meant to be cutting edge and all that kind of stuff a lot of what they did for Epcot was just stuff that had never been done before yeah in any way shape or form like having accessible touchscreen computers and stuff for people to play with in rides and everything it's like what yeah like what back in the 70s it was it's mental it was a lot of learning as they went yeah and a lot of like trial and error but they just like did it yeah and yet Disneyland Paris still can't have a fully functioning train or food that's efficient. Uh, here we show off. But next week is when we get on to DLP. I feel like this is something we should carry on. So we gave Bob Gurr the BSA for episode one. Yeah. Who who do you who are you giving your best supporting actress to in episode two? Um your one's daughter. Kim Irvine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it has to be. I was like Irvine, Irvine. I couldn't remember her first name. <laughs> yeah. So her mom is Madame Leota. Her name is Leota Toombs because she couldn't have a more perfect name. Like, come on. And her hair was fucking bomb. Yeah. Her hair was great every, in every single picture they showed. Yeah, because they show this fab picture of her, like, judging Red, the animatronic. And it's just... Yeah, I totally... I, in, I envy Kim Irvine so much during this entire episode. Because they first started talking in the ballroom scene in the Haunted Mansion, which already I was dying about. 
But then they're showing her like just working for Disney, like being in the model shop or in like being on a switchboard. Like she seemed to have done everything. Yeah, she was a real fucking all rounder. Yeah. And I'm like, where are all these women's names? Good woman. In like the the um making of like Disney as like a company. Yeah, because that was the other thing that you said. You were like, oh, okay, so basically just all these smart women built it. Yeah, because they show all the people in like the workshops and the paint rooms and like people like actually making the stuff. It's all women. Yeah. And it's something that they do touch on. I can't remember the woman's name, but she does say she's like, there weren't any women in positions of power within Disney at that point. And in fairness, there still kind of isn't. Yeah. And if they are, they just get hopped right out. We'll touch on Catherine (laughs) Pell later. But I like how self-aware this is. And it's even more self-aware in the next episode. Oh, good. I'm excited. But but I like that they're not... Because Disney have a tendency to sugarcoat a lot of things. And I like that they're not necessarily there. Like when they talked about the war. Yeah. (laughs) They were like, oh yeah, at one point, you know, there was a war. (laughs) And they just like gloss over that. And just like, oh, you know, yeah, war. (laughs) And they're like, but Disney. (laughs) The US occupied Japan. It was fine. Yeah, like... (laughs) Like, it's... You know, for a moment, her time. It's like, we're just going to ignore the whole Japanese occupation. Okay, yeah, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, it's a bit... It's a it's a bit mental. But, yeah. I I still think this is an absolutely amazing... Amazing? Amazing. It's amazing! It's an amazing series. And there was actually one point that I actually... This was my third time watching it. I watched it by myself. I watched it a breath. And I'm re-watching it all with Kate. Which I'm totally fine doing. Because there was still a point where I was like... I never noticed that the first time and like made us rewatch it. It's a point where they're talking about the special effects team being basically non-existent and they're showing this like sped up video of the one of the workrooms and there's just a skeleton that's holding a sign and it spells out Mickey Mouse as the time lapse goes on. And then it's also it like jumping up and down from the ceiling. Like it's just stupid little stuff like that, which I loved. Yes, indeed. It's a great show. If you haven't watched it, you guys should try and find a way to. If you're really desperate and you really can't find us, hit us a DM. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll sort you out. But yeah, that's it for the imaginary story. Yeah. So next week we have Disneyland Paris. Disneyland Paris and Michael Eisner. I'm going to guess it's a time. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a time. They refer to French people as communists. It's a whole. <laughs> oh, you Americans, you. <laughs> yeah. So we'll review that one next week. But in the meantime, we should probably get on with some news. So I guess we better start with the pins. The December pins. No need to sound so sad, Kate. It's because there's so few and every month there's less and less. Yeah. And I don't don't really understand what's going on. I don't know what's going on because like, and it's something that we gave out about the September pins. And there was loads of pins in September, it felt like. But they're just, they didn't make a big enough quantity of the pins that they did make. Yeah, it feels like they make, they do like these pin releases and they put them on the pin sheet. And they do like the open release ones. But they're only available for like a week because then they sell out. Yeah. But then they release a bunch of new pins that aren't on a pin sheet that just go into the park. And I'm like, I don't really understand. Like, it's fine that they're making these and they're distributing them and whatever. But don't either put them all on the pin sheet or don't have a pin sheet. And like, or like just do a pin sheet for like limited edition ones. Yeah. Because I just don't understand where they're coming from. Do you know what I mean? Either way, make us more pins. Yeah. Because like pins, pins is like my Achilles heel when I'm in Disney. Because you see like a little cute one, you're like, oh yeah, I'll get that. And, then, like, so, and then suddenly you've bought six. But like they're like six ninety nine. They're so like, uh, 
from things in Disney, they're like such a, it's so stupid. They're such like a cheap thing for like what you're getting because they're so pretty. Yeah. And they're like heavy and they're made really well. Yeah. And I don't, I think Amy's the only person I've ever gone to a Disney park with that's not bought a pin. Yeah. And even then I gave her one that I traded. But for example, the lovely Drew that listens to the podcast he went to Disneyland Paris recently and had never been a pin collector and came back with like 15 pins, I think he said. It's so easy. Like, it's so easy to just drop that amount of money without even thinking. Or even Ed, when Ed got his lanyard when we went the first time. Oh, it's gateway. He, he was like, oh, I need a pin. I was like, what? Like, I had I had no influence on it whatsoever. He was like, oh, my lanyard feels like really empty. I'm going to buy a pin. <laughs> and now I think he has four. <laughs> But like the exact same thing happened with Breffney. Okay. Like he has a pin for Hyperspace Mountain because he was like, no, I'm going to, that's my reward for myself because I made it through it. And I was just like, sure. Okay. So like the moral of the story is Disney, give us more pins, please. And make more, a higher quantity of them. Indeed. Yes. No, it's December's pins. Yes. Um, Releasing on the 7th of December, which is this coming Saturday, which is today, if you're listening to the podcast today. Well, obviously today is the day you're listening to the podcast. If you're listening to the podcast, the day was released. There we go. (laughs) It's the 7th of December. So first we have The Wardrobe from Beauty and the Beast and her name, I I don't know. I think it's Madame Wardrobe, isn't it? Or, um, uh, I mean, I'm not a Beauty and the Beast person, but I think it's Madame Wardrobe. I could be wrong. Yeah, probably. It's 699. She's like open and showing her wares. Get it? Where's? Hey. <laughs> um, then <laughs> the second pin is the rose in the jar. This is the nicest rose pin. And the rose is like trickle, 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 I've trickle. I've ever seen. With like magic. That's also six ninety nine. And then there's also a delightful pin of Cogsworth and Lumiere like mid dance. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Lumiere, you just saw the big Ben, didn't Lumiere, you? Lumiere, big Ben. And that one's $7.99. And all of those ones are open edition pins. I honestly can't get over it because like, I'm not a big Beauty and the Beast fan. But I know, for example, Alva is obsessed with Beauty and the Beast. And she she is is. obsessed with the rose. But she's like me with Nightmare for Christmas stuff. She's very fussy. Right, yeah. She wants like a good one. Yeah, but that's beautiful. The rose is very pretty. It's very nice. Good job, Disney. Also on Saturday, they're releasing probably the my most wanted limited edition run of pins I've seen pretty much all year apart from the Rapunzel on the carousel they're pretty adorable they're so cute so it's um the guys from Winnie the Pooh and so Eeyore is a reindeer he's dressed up like a reindeer and then in the carriage after that is Pooh and Piglet and the carriage after that is Tigger and each pin sold separately but they all link together to make it look like Santa and a reindeer like a little train it's so cute it's like the the halloween version of it was the stitch lilo and scrump one yeah that all linked together mm-hmm. very cute and it says joyeux noel and tigger's little bell on his tail they're so cute and they're 15.99 each and i would totally be there for them if there was a thing i feel like every time i look at these pins i notice something else i never noticed he had a bell bell on his tail cute. and pig's got a little and poo's dressed up as sandy claws Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> then if we go on to the 12th of December, we've got some more limited edition pins. They're um, annual pass holder pins. Okay. They're part of the soiree. Oh, yes. This makes more sense now. So the first one is Mickey and Minnie in like the new cartoon style. I think it's called Pie Eye. Not donkeys. And they're in front of the castle and the castle looking all pretty and it's got 2019 on the bottom and that's fifteen ninety nine. And then there's another one, Santa Stitch, and he's got a big whole sack of, sack of um presents mm. and he's just you know 
jumping out of the pin, literally. Oh, yeah. And that one's also fifty nine nine, and they're both limited run of seven hundred each. Then on the fourteenth of December, see what, now why have they released the Mickey Mouse lanyard with Star Wars pins and, then the Star and not Wars. released the Star Wars lanyard until a week after? Disney or Street. Why have they done that? Okay, so Saturday the 14th, there's some pretty nice Star Wars pins. Yes. There's the logo of The Rise of Skywalker, which mm-hmm. is 699. Then there's one of Orchid 2 and C3PO, which is 799, which is actually hot and cute. And there's a really cute one of BB 8 and um, it's just Dio, isn't it? I think so. I think the, the lack of the hyphen between the D and the O really put me off there because I think <laughs> there's meant to be a hyphen in his name. Oh, uh, okay. Because, like, Dio. And there's a little BB-8 and Dio and, D- and BB-8 looks like he's like consoling Dio. Yeah, it's actually really sad. cute. And that one's also seven nine nine. Then you've got a Dio by himself, which is much more detailed. And he's twelve ninety nine. I have a feeling that one might be a spinner because oh, it's more expensive. You're right. And it looks like it could do a heckin' spin. <laughs> <laughs> then there's a Star Wars um, logo of just like the Rebel logo, which that is real nice. Is real nice. I'm going to assume that's like really like really good in person because obviously the designs they put on these are like cartoon versions. I need to send this to Nathan because I feel like he will really enjoy it. He loves black and gold. And I'm going to guess it's quite big as well because it's also $12.99 or like heavy. Mm. Um, and then the last one is a Chewbacca pin and it's $7.99. And it looks better than the biscuit. <laughs> Every, anything looked better than that biscuit. And then with the all the Star Wars pins, they're also releasing a Mickey and Friends lanyard, which is $12.99. Now in all fairness, it's an extremely cute lanyard. But why they're releasing it with the Star Wars stuff, I don't know. Because then when you move on to next Saturday after that, which is the 21st... They're releasing a Star Wars lanyard and I'm so excited to show Ed because all he wanted was a bloody Star Wars lanyard when we went. And this is a nice one. Yeah, it's nice. So it's a droids one and it's she says droids on one side with BB-8 and then the other one has C-3PO and R2-D2 and it's $9.99. I like it. Very, very nice. Then on the 21st of December, they're releasing some more limited edition pins. So we have the winter pin, even though I'm pretty sure they only did three out of the four seasons. Probably. Remember when we talked about this and I was like, I'm pretty sure they've actually just missed one. Maybe. So it's got Bambi and Thumper and it says 2019. It actually looks kind of frozen in the background. Mm-hmm. Not gonna lie. It's 59.9, so it is 700. And there's also a Bonnet, which is like Happy New Year um, for 2020. And it's got Tigger on it and he's all excited. And there's also the Princess Carousel of the Month, which is this month, Tiana. And she's also 59.99. And then down at the bottom, how could we not have a month without Stitching Ducks? He's so sad. He is. On the 28th of December, he's released. He's so sad. Scrumps on the ground. He's with limited re- release of 700 and he's 59.99. And that's it for the pins. Amazing. Next up is we've had an update get announced today from DLP Report. So from January 6th to February 2nd, Disney Stars on Parade will be at 4.30pm rather than the regular 5.30pm. Disney stars on parade. Like, why do I know that? <laughs> like, why I was singing it the other why day. Why is it like ingrained in my brain? <laughs> I was singing it the other day, just in the car. And Breffney was like, what is, what that? is that? Why do I know? What? <laughs> I know that. What is that? And I was like, it's Disney stars <laughs> on parade. And he was like, oh my God. <laughs> But yeah, so one thing to just bear in mind with that, obviously that's at 4.30. Generally when the parade is at half five, Guest Star Tuesday is at five-ish. Ish. So just factor that in as well if you're there on a Tuesday. But yeah, 
I wonder why they've moved it up. Is it because there's a thing on? Is there something on? Are they doing something? For a whole month? It's the start of in the frozen season, so I don't know if they're going to maybe test it out. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe Isn't it's... there another frozen par- Isn't there a frozen parade? Yeah, but that season runs until like May. Hmm. It starts January 11th and runs through May. So I don't really know, to be honest. I've, we've been given no other context. but Isn't I've... DLP such a fickle place? Yeah. <laughs> we've been given no other context and I trust DLP reports, so... If you're going between those dates, make sure you catch the parade early. Speaking of DLP reports, oh, yeah. they've also mentioned yeah. that Buzz um, Light Blast. Why can't I remember the proper name? Buzz Lightyear Laser Blast. That's the one I was like, Buzz Laser Blaster. Just be Buzz Leclerc. <laughs> um, it's going to be down from January 7th for a full major refurb. Yes. Reopening date is currently summer of 2020. Which makes me nervous. Which puts me and Sinead at around January 2021. <laughs> Given DLP's when track record. Of when we think it's probably... Like, we highly, highly, highly doubt it's going to be open summer 2020. If it is open before the Halloween season... I'll be surprised. I will be... I will fall off my chair in shock. Because... Because let's call a spade a spade. Phantom Manor... Yeah. Overran massively. Months. Autopia... Months. Overrun months. Still not open. The railroad? Do we do we have a concrete day yet? No, no. we don't. So no. I trust nothing DLP says when it comes to refurbs. So if you were if you're going between now and January if you're going from any time between January seventh, twenty twenty, and potentially the same day twenty twenty one, it's 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 iffy as to whether you get on bus. The only thing I can think of that would actually make this one go quicker is that is it is an extremely popular ride. True. And like, I know the Phantom Manor was also a popular ride, but Buzz Lightyear definitely like caters towards much younger audiences. Oh, definitely. And it would definitely have a higher wait time than Phantom Manor on the average. Yeah. So the only thing I could think of that would actually push this through is literally how many people it must get through a day. Yeah. And especially on like busy days, it can be like over an hour wait for that ride. Mm. So that's the only thing that I'm like, they actually might keep to their word. But other than that... Bye, Buzz. See you later. <laughs> I guess we'll see. Uh, we had an update get released about the New Year's Eve party. So we spoke about it last week saying that Oogie Boogie was going to be present again because the... nothing quite says New Year's Eve like Oogie Boogie. <laughs> but anyways, you're actually going to need a line Bertie reservation for Oogie Boogie, which, as you can imagine, Disney Twitter lost their goddamn <gasps> minds about. That's because they'll all be gone in four and a half seconds. Yeah. And to be honest, for something like this, I I don't I don't think Lion Birdie is no is I an idea. I don't think it is. Stand where Disney and Paris are coming from. Oh in 100%. the fact that they have such troubles keeping now, really, the reason they put it on Lion Birdie is because for some reason their crowd control is awful. Yeah, so rather than improve that, they're just shipping it out to a third party. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, they could try and improve crowd control and still have this and, like, have an area for people to queue. Yeah. Or they could just go, hey, good luck. Yeah. <sighs> Like this, I don't agree with. And it kind of goes back to the conversation that was had around the difference between the two Halloween parties. So the Halloween party on the 26th, was it? No. Um, People were just allowed queue. People were allowed queue from super duper early. And if that's how people wanted to spend their time, that's how they could spend it. Our one was a whole load of shenaniganery where you weren't, there was no queue. There wasn't a queue. You had to move. People were shouting. People were getting aggressive. It was not a good time. No. However, we were still allowed queue 
did we technically somewhat queue from about half or five? Yes, we did. However, that was our prerogative. I feel like you're already charging people. I actually don't even know how much the New Year's Eve party is, but I'm fairly sure it's more expensive than yeah, the Halloween party was. I think it's was. really expensive. So people are already paying an, a massive premium to go to this party. And then you're then saying one of the main attractions to this party, you have to chance your luck with whether you get to meet them via an app. No. Like, I just... Because even, like, even from when I was in Disney a few weeks ago and I was trying to get to meet Olaf. Yeah. Those line birdies went literally in four seconds. Like, that's not even a joke. Like, I was refreshing the the day I got it. I got it. And then refreshed again and they were all gone. Yeah. And had it open on three phones. And that was for Olaf, who had two settings, who had two sittings a day uh, for how many ever days he's going to be there. Yeah. And this is Oogie Boogie, who's there for one night and has one setting. Yeah. Sitting. Whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even on Halloween, when we were there during the day, we were tr- we wanted to get a line birdie to meet Jack. And there was me, you, and Ellen, who, that specifically stayed in an area of the park that we knew we had signal. And our two phones crashed, and Ellen was the only one that was able even to remote get one yeah so it's just such a sticky situation yeah to try and meet a character that's so rare yeah i just i don't i don't agree with the music line birdie i understand why it's a necessary evil for a lot of meet and greets in the studios because studios is not built to have massive 30 40 minute cues for characters there isn't the space for that i understand it as a necessary evil there However, for something like this where people are paying an additional amount of money to be there, just let them queue and be able to manage the queue better from a logistical standpoint than just booting everybody off into an app because they're going to piss off more people doing it that way than just letting people queue. And that's my two cents on it. Excellent. There was also a lovely new uh, visual released for Magical Pride. Yes. For 2020. It's lovely. It's almost like the background is... Do you know that, like sand that you have that magic sand that people make videos with it kind of looks like that i realize it's not it's just like glittery but like i feel like you could take a knife to it and go (laughs) and watch all those those satisfying videos you get on instagram yeah feels like one of those so it says disneyland paris pride 2020 the eye of the pride is the castle and then you've got your classic um mickey mouse heart shape hands and says, a magical celebration of diversity. It's taking place in Disneyland Park this time. Crazy. So excited to I'm see like, what they do. Are they going to do special mapping on the castle? Because they did special mapping on Terror Terror last yeah. year. So I'm like, ooh, there's so much more possibilities for what they can do within the main park yes. than everywhere else. So so tickets uh, for Magical Pride go on sale in early 2020. And Magical Pride will be on June 6th. How exciting. Are we going to have Nina West? Who knows? Possibly. I would love it. I would bloody love it. Speaking of other ladies you love. Yes. So (laughs) a very interesting article. Article? It's probably the wrong thing to say. So I was on Twitter yesterday and I can't remember a bunch of people on Disney Twitter kind of posted about this. So I can't remember exactly who I got it from. However... We spoke a couple months ago about how Catherine Powell, who previously was the head of Disneyland Paris and then moved and was the head of DLP, Disneyland and Disney World, was out of nowhere. It was announced she was leaving. So that was a good few weeks ago. That was what, like a month or two ago that that happened? Yeah. And everyone was kind of 
trying to figure out whether she was actually just leaving or whether she'd been fired or kicked out or whatever it was. Well, she's taken to LinkedIn to... LinkedIn of all places. To clear things up. So there is a whole... There's a whole big long post about it and I will share it on... We don't really use our Twitter, but I'll share it on our Twitter. So if you go to Mickey Waffles Pod on Twitter, I'll post the link there if you want to see it. Or just DM us and I'll send it over. But I wanted to read out a little paragraph that she said within it. So she said, apparently Walt Disney himself said, you might not realize it when it happens, but a kick in the teeth might be the best thing in the world for you. I can't say gratitude was front of mind when it happened, but some weeks after learning I was leaving Disney, I can reflect with immense appreciation for on the opportunities and experiences afforded to me and my family. And most importantly, on the chance to meet and work with so many incredible people who have lifted me up over the past 15 years to make me a much better version of myself. Weeks after learning I was leaving Disney. So she was told. So she was kicked out. She was she was told you're leaving. Yeah. And this is the end of it. Literally. She was given a kick in the teeth and she was told she was going. And it's pretty much what everybody thought it was. A lot of people are saying online that Catherine Pell kind of embodied a lot of what the classic Disney morals were. Yeah. And it wasn't just about shaving money off here and there and trying to make extra money out of guests and cutting entertainment and all this kind of stuff, which is happening left, right and centre thanks to good old Bob Chapek. Oh, and if then, anyone needs a good kick in the teeth, it's that man. It's bloody Bob Chapek. So a lot of people are saying that they, they felt that she was kind of setting the example of things that should be done within the park mm-hmm. and it didn't fit with Bob Chapek or that it was making him... Feel like belittled. Yeah, it wasn't making him look good. She was damn good at her job and she was really well liked within the business and really well liked by cast members as well. I have not heard a single person say a good word about Bob Chapek. I don't know the man. So I can't speak to that, but I've never seen anything good posted about him online. No, neither have I. But like actions speak louder than anything. And like you can see what he's doing to the parks and his like decisions. Yeah. I think that's enough to make a like your own opinion of someone yeah. by like the the f- like pure actions that they're making that directly impact other people's like yeah. jobs. Because I know I, he made a statement saying that cast the Disney cast members are performers and attractions in themselves, and people were like, okay, well if that's the case, why do you not charge your basic? Not basic. Why don't why don't you pay your custodial or your merchandise or your food and beverage cast members the same as performers then if all cast members are performers? Yeah. Why do they not get paid the same as performer cast members? Because they get paid more. Yeah. Considerably more. Yeah. So if everybody's a performer, why ain't everybody getting paid the same? Yeah. And it's just his way of trying to talk around the fact that they've cut entertainment left, right and centre across all of the parks in the US. It Mercifully, I mean, Disneyland Parks doesn't really have a whole lot of entertainment that could be cut but that's the thing if you started cutting Disneyland Paris you'd be really stuck you'd have nothing because it doesn't really have much yeah so like if he went you have to cut your entertainment by 25% they'd be like okay so just close studios then yeah like we'll just have no shows like I don't really know what he expects yeah so it's a really it's a really interesting read 
because you don't generally get that kind of insight from when people leave Disney. Yeah. I fully understand where she's coming from because I can only, because like she'd been with Disney for over 15 years. Like imagine being with a company for 15 years and then basically turn around and going, look, you're showing me up. So I really think you need to leave. Yeah. And bringing what, and you'll see in the next episode of the Imagineering Story, the problem child park. Like Disneyland Paris was just costing them money. That's because they didn't know what to do. They didn't really know what to do with it or how to market it properly because it was such a completely different part of the world. Yeah. And with she- all them communists. Oh, <laughs> but like she came in, she listened to the fans. She met with the Disney kind of like internet verse. Like I know so many people that are within the Disney YouTuber, blogger, whatever thing to do with Disneyland Paris that had actual conversations with Catherine Pill, gave her suggestions, gave her feedback about the park and she took so much of that on and she brought Disneyland Paris up to the standard that it is now. I'm not saying it's not still got work to do. Oh no, but, but it's, it's a damn sight better than it was. Considerably better. So it is, if you're into, I mean, some people don't care about this side of stuff. I find it fascinating. Um, but yeah, it's definitely worth going and giving Catherine Powell's speech. It's called Parting Thoughts as I Leave Disney on LinkedIn. Would would recommend giving it a read. Very Indeed. interesting. And our final thing in the news. Oh yes. Is that Rise of Resistance is opening pretty dang soon. Uh, this has snuck up on me. I just forgot it existed. My life's just been so... So Rise of Resistance, ladies and gentlemen, opens this Thursday. Which Madness. would have already happened. Yes. Rise of Resistance is open. Ah. <laughs> I'm so intrigued. Because I, like, I've seen, and I've, well, I haven't really seen. Well, yeah, I have seen. Because they posted that, like, little teaser where you can see people going through the ride. And there's a lot of concept art. Yeah. That I think is pretty true to what they've actually built. Yeah. And then, obviously, we heard that thing from Craig on the days where he kind of went on about what he'd seen within it. Like a child I, in a candy shop. I'm so intrigued to, to see everything from it. They are doing, or they will have done, a live broadcast on Disney Parks blog for the dedication ceremony. That will still be up on their page, so go have a look at that if you would like to. But yeah, keep your eyes peeled on, I suppose, mainly the days, because I Let's assume Tim Trekker's not going to go, because they've just had a baby. Oh yeah, we didn't even talk about that, which I guess is something that you probably wouldn't talk about, but kind of, kind of... They're in the Disney-verse. I feel like most people that would listen to us also watch Tim Trackers. But they have their little baby. Little Jackson Tracker. What a great name. Jackson Tracker. What? It sounds like like a pop star's name. Yeah, or like a little action hero. Like, I feel like you'd be friends with like Crocodile Dundee. Mom, can I have a Jackson Tracker for Christmas? Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? What a great... Oh, I'm so pleased for them. Yeah, he's so cute as well. But I assume Tim's not going to anything to do I hope not. This break better be a full-on break unless yeah. he's like, hey, Jen, hey, Jen, can I go Can I go see the Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I go on the pee-pee? <laughs> but yeah, I'm so intrigued to see ride-throughs and stuff of it because it's going to be at least... It's going to be pretty much a year before I may potentially get to go on Rise of Resistance, so I'm watching videos about it. I don't care. And I even think if you, like... I even think if you were going next month, I still think that... A ride-through video on YouTube is not going to do it justice anyway. No, not at all. So not like scale anyway. Yeah, so it's definitely something that even if you'd watched a ride-through video of it 20,000 times, going through it, you'd still be like, wow! <laughs> wow! What? Wow! <laughs> yeah, so very excited. Very excited about that. But we can chat about that next week. Once we've seen some of the ride-throughs and stuff, we'll give you, we'll give you our thoughts. Exactly. So um, I think that's everything for the news. 
Except for one thing, Sinead. What's that case? You know what today is? Today's Tuesday. You know what that means? It's Special Guest Tuesday! This week we had the Tremaines. We had Lady Tremaine, Anastasia, and Drizella. Does Lady Tremaine have a first name? Ah, Lady. I'm really intrigued. I don't think she does. Bitch. Oh. (laughs) I'm so intrigued. What's Lady Tremaine's first name? No. Oh, Madonna. Oh, it's not Madonna Tremaine, is it? This is from Wikipedia. Lady Madonna Tremaine, also known as the Wicked Stepmother or Cinderella Stepmother, is the main antagonist of the franchise. She is based on the original character from the Cinderella fairy tale created by Charles Perrault. Wow. Madonna. Sure, look. She is with Madonna, let's be real. Vogue and all up and down the place. But yeah, I love when it's characters like this that are not really seen in the park. Occasionally you're seen. Or, you know, in the parade. Yeah. Don't give me people that are in the parade. Then I'm then I'm going to be complaining. But if it's people like this that you only occasionally see around the park, happy days. All for it. Then they are, indeed, a special guest. So, this week we had planned to do a Confessions of a Disney cast member. Then Amy abandoned us. She Because she forgot, like she always forgot. <laughs> that she was already at a prior engagement. She she had some family obligations. So we will do that as soon as we possibly can. Possibly next week. I think she said she's off next Tuesday. Oh, maybe then. So I'm not 100% sure. Okay. But we'll get to it before Christmas. Absolutely. It's definitely a before Christmas thing. Yeah. Because as we near Christmas, I'm like, mm, I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so busy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I ain't got no time for podcasting. It's too Christmassy up in here. So I feel like we've just mentally decided that the episodes about Fantasyland and stuff, they're just going to resume in January. Look, there's really no point, right? There's just no point. I just, I I don't want to get into something that I know I can't finish. Yeah. So we're just going to start anew in January. So yeah, we've no trips planned for at least like the first six months of 2020. 2020, crazy. (laughs) Oh my God. Did you know, I'm excited for how many times I write 19 on the date when I'm like doing something in work and have to write the date and I'm like 90 fucking 20 because <laughs> I'll do it for weeks I like that you're excited by this oh yeah that's as, as exciting as my life gets <laughs> the little thing so yeah Fantasyland and all that shebang is gonna resume next year also we have that book that was gifted to us but then I also got that Disneyland A to Z Yes. When I was in Disneyland. So now we have everything. And now we have the Imagineering story. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't like Wikipedia. I really don't trust it. My time in college proved that it's really not a reliable source. So <laughs> now that we have like fully like physical books. I'm also a big book person. If it's like it's in a book, I'm like, yeah, it's probably true. So yeah, very happy. We'll be resuming 2020. See you then. So in the meantime, we're going to do a lot of fluffy episodes. Oh, shall so we say. much floof. Le floof, floof. <laughs> All the floof. Well, we hope you kind of like them. So we thought, given... I explained this on the on the Instagram on Friday. So this past weekend in Ireland was a very large cultural moment for most people. It was a late, late toy show. Yes. And this year, for the first ever year... It was simulcast with Irish language interpreters. I was so excited when I saw that. I was like, I must tell Kate. She probably already knows, but I'll still tell her. <laughs> I was like, yes, I'm aware. Know the interpreters. They'll do a great job. <laughs> I have seen videos of the interpreter. Love and life. They're great. They were both fantastic. Love and life. 
Um, I also really enjoyed, there was an article written that stated that people were commenting on how they were delighted that their TV license money was going towards something that was actually entertaining. Yes. And like, it's always, people always are always like, oh, like, like purists are like, oh, you can't say it's like entertainment. Like it's an actual language. And you're like, ah, get over it. Like it's entertaining for people who don't know what's going on. And it's also, um, a really good relay of information for people who, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Communicate through a different yeah. language. I mean, I went to a Bianca Del Rio drag show and honestly, the interaction between the sign language interpreter and Cherry Vine was the best. <laughs> because she did a not safe for work version of Hallelujah <laughs> that the person then had to interpret. And it's very much the physical act of what you would think it is. Uh-huh. And it was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. Anyway, yes, so it's a toy show. Yes. For anyone, it was all good. For anyone that doesn't know what the toy show is, we have a Friday night chat show called The Late Late Show. Which has been running longer than the American version, thank you very much. Yeah, let's not... That's have, not a thing. No. So, every year, I feel like it used to be in December, but now it tends to be the last Friday of oh, November. November. Is, or the first Friday of December. It really depends it on depends. how the months fall. Yeah. But it's basically, they audition a ton of kids, they come in and they do all these dances and they, f- do, do you feel like the performances, and this is going to get very, oh sorry, only a few people will understand what I mean by this. Yes. So do you remember like two years ago with the WWE, it was a lot of like single people matches. Yes. Like it was one on ones. And the toy show performances used to be like that. Yeah. But then they combined the pay-per-views for WWE so that SmackDown and Raw were on the same pay-per-view. <laughs> And every match was like a multi-man match. Yeah. And I feel like that's what they're doing with the performances on the toy show. I feel like it's because they want to get... Because I feel like of all the kids... Because hundreds upon thousands of kids... Oh, big time. ...auditioned to be on the toy show. And I honestly think that... Because I think I remember when I was young... Younger... That I was like... For all the kids at the audition... There's like four of them... Oh, yeah. ...on the show... And I'm like, it just doesn't... They're really getting them in there now. Yeah, though. but now I think they've realised... Uh, but I think it's good because oh, yeah. they've got a single kid who auditioned to play piano. They've got a single kid who auditioned to sing. Then you've got a track group of four. Then you've got a dance group of 15. And then you've got a one kid that auditioned as a rapper and another kid that auditioned as a rapper. And you've managed to fit all of those kids into one segment. Yeah. So you've got three minutes of TV time and you've managed to fit 25 to 30 kids into it. Oh, big time. And they've each gotten their moment of spotlight. I think it's great. It's perfect. Yeah. I think it's a really good way of doing it. Yeah. I also think it's a very good like show of like like an eclectic mix. Mm. To not be like, we do trad here in Ireland. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But... The reason that I bring up the Late Late Toy Show, so it's basically kids go on, they perform, they do little performances, they demonstrate like the top, the popular toys or the popular books or whatever it is for that year. So this year's theme was obviously Frozen, but... And I thought it was done really well. I thought it was really, really good. I think it was like, it wasn't overly gimmicky. It wasn't overly gimmicky. Katie, they could have taken it Katie, a lot he gimmicker. He came out in an Olaf costume. Yeah, but I was on. like, there's Ed. But Look like, at Ed in his little Olaf costume. Blood, let's not. <laughs> He doesn't listen, it's fine. That's very true. <laughs> I feel like they could it could have been much gimmicky. Oh, big time, yeah. I feel like to, uh, Ryan Toby to come out dressed as Olaf, I think, was like gimmicky expectant yeah. for the toy show. I think they could have taken a lot further. Yeah. I think it was actually done pretty well. Yeah. But again, the reason we bring this up is most Irish kids hold off on writing their Santa letters yes. until the toy show has happened, mm-hmm. which is also why the episode was late last week, so I do apologize. <laughs> 
So we decided that in lieu of it being the Troy show, we would do like a Disney Santa wish list. Like what we would like to see in the parks. Yes. It doesn't necessarily have to just be Paris. It doesn't necessarily have to be something that you think would ever actually happen. Oh no. These are purely hypothetical. There's like no devil's advocate in this no. episode. This is one of a, well, I think you mind. Like we're just not doing no. that. <laughs> this is just like fantasy football type. What do you want to see in Disney? Yeah. And so we've picked kind of like six categories. Yeah. So show, ride, character, park, dining experience, and merch. So we're going to give you ours, but we also want to hear your guys. So I might pl- fiddle around and make a little template. Oh yeah, And good get idea. some people to post it up as well and see what everybody else's Disney wish list is. Cute. I like it. Because I love when I get, I love when other people give us their interpretations of stuff or give us their opinions on it because. Yeah, because we're only two Otherwise people. it's just the two of us talking <laughs> to each other all the time. And that gets boring. Yeah. So and we don't have enough microphones to invite people on. So. No, but we'll do a virtual. <laughs> so we'll start out with show. Yeah. What would be your dream show? What's on your wish list? See, it's not necessarily my dream show. I just think it's a show that would be a good idea. Oh, okay. Um, and it's like the show of Princess and the Frog. Ooh, okay. But like as a show. Okay. Because like, you know the way that like they have, like there's tons of shows in Disney parks. Yeah. They're like princesses come on, they sing their song and then they leave again. But I'm thinking like the proper story of Princess and the Frog, but like on stage. So you know that we do the, like the Beat and the Beast one? Yeah. But I'm thinking like Princess and the Frog. Because I think the songs of Princess and the Frog oh, are banging. bomb. They're fantastic. They're so good. And I think if they did like puppets of the frogs... Or did like interactive things of the frogs on the screen or something. Yeah. I just think it would work out so well. They could do it along the lines of, you know, Mickey and the Magical Map. Exactly. You know, the setup for that. Yeah. That would work perfect. Oh my God, I love that idea. Because I'm like, because also because <gasps> Princess and the Frog is such like a loved movie, especially yeah. in the States, which makes sense because of where She's it an was. American princess. She, exactly. And she's got like flipping like she's got everything. She's got floats. She's got a whole hotel. Yeah. Like just give her just give her a show. I think it would be really good. I just had a really like stupid minute detail that like so like if there were girl dancers, they could wear skirts that look like lily pads. Wow. <laughs> What a minute detail that but you were how like, cute. but the lily pad skirts. <laughs> but how cute though. Yeah. No, I like that idea. That'd be really good. And I think the girl who plays, my God, what is her name? Lottie. Yeah. The girl who played Lottie. Like imagine Lottie, but in real life. Like, do you not think that would be the most fun thing ever to watch? Oh, big time. Like she would be so overdramatic. It would be fantastic. And they could have like switch out sets of like, her, and they could have a scene where they've got like the dilapidated like restaurant oh, and yeah. then the scene could flip and it could be like the new restaurant oh. and they could have like oh do you know what would also be good if it turned like kind of 4D-ish and when she For made Dr. gumbo you could like smell the gumbo ooh they could do a really cool Dr. Facilier scene with that yes they could and it could be like oh yeah it and could then, be like black light yeah and like, then there could be like <gasps> smoke and stuff as well and it could be like poof here Disney give us a call and then all you need to do is set up two beignet um, carts either side of the show and just tra- and just oh, watch just that money roll in. Get people to buy beignets as they go in. And then you could also do like a separate like paid experience 
where you get beignets and you get to sit at the front and then you get to meet and greet Tiana and Naveen at the back. Genius. I love this. This is great. I, I love this. Isn't this fantastic? So good. Thank you. So <laughs> mine went to completely different route. <laughs> so I was trying to think of a show that doesn't exist in any way, shape or form. Fair. And something that I would like to see. This and is it, the beauty of this. It can be literally yeah. anything. So I was thinking along the lines of, so in Universal Studios, they have this thing called the horror makeup show. Where they, where they go, <laughs> where they go along and they kind of like explain how special effects in movies and stuff like that work. Mm-hmm. I want to show along that vein, but Imagineering. Fantastic. Like, show me how, show me how animatronics work in person. Show me how you create different effects. I want that kind of a show. Because yeah. I would be so intrigued. And you could put it in like studios. Yeah. That's and it'd be good. like a way of incorporating, because like studios is losing a lot of what makes it studios. Yeah. And that would be so easy. You would just have an actor up there like tinkering around with animatronics and showing how they work and that kind of thing. Especially because the Imagineering story has been so popular. Yeah. Like and people. so highly regarded. Like people know when they're breaking the magic. Oh yeah. Like it's not like a, oh don't break the magic. Like people know, like there's hardcore fans that are like, nah, just, oh sorry. They're like, just tell me, just tell me, just tell me, just tell me. Just tell me. Yeah. Just show me how it works. That's all. I, like just, just show me how it works. Yeah. So yeah, I would go for like an Imagineering behind the scenes horror makeup show type studio. Ours could not be more polar opposite. <laughs> and again, that's why we're um, we. Here, here, here we are. Um, just to slide into the show, I asked Amy, because I was in work with Amy today. Oh yes. Um, I asked her, because her, I only asked her for one, because I didn't realise we were going to section it. But I was like, if you could have any sort of disney thing in a park like be it anything what would you be and the first thing that came out of my mouth was 101 dalmatians and i was like i knew that was gonna be it (laughs) so amy's idea is to have 101 dalmatians show but basically like a live action show with dogs so think of the up bird experience that's in animal kingdom yes but with dogs yes that tell the story of 101 dalmatians yes and then Amy wants to be able to meet Pongo and Perdita yeah. afterwards. Like the dogs that played the dogs on the show. Okay. Like a cute little like pet and snap. And that's Amy's. It's very Amy. Oh, so Amy. <laughs> but I was like... Okay, Don't get me so- wrong. I'd love, I'd love... I'd very happily sit and watch doggos. I think it would be a really... Not easy thing to do. But I don't think it's like out of this world to be able to do it. Like, trained dogs are... These sentences are going to sound so fucking stupid. But trained dogs are really easy to come by. Like, there are so many highly trained dogs in the world of all different types of breeds. And the thing is, dogs love to be trained because they love doing things and they love being, like, given a job and to, like, do that job successfully. Like, they just love it. It's, like, in their veins to be able to. And I'm like, I just think that... Disney would be so good at like getting rescue dogs and training them or having trained dogs yeah. and they'd be treated so well and everyone would love them and it'd be such wholesome stories and they all become friends. <laughs> so Kate's also on board for this. I just think it's a really cute idea. And then yeah. you could have obviously like loads of Dalmatians that would come out and you like, you could have like, make sure they were obviously like friendly Dalmatians and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like kind of like a pen and a little picture and then walk away. First of all, Amy was like, I just want to play with puppies. And I was like, okay, no, come on, let's, <laughs> let's, let's bring it back let's, here. Let's bring it back here. <laughs> so yeah, they're the, they're the three like shows. Okay, cool. So the next thing I have down here is Ride. Oh, I had a ride, I think. Oh, I remember it now. Do okay. you want to go first? Sure. <laughs> so 
One I have in mind is kind of a hybrid of two different rides. Okay. But with different theming. Excellent. Okay. So I'm just going to give you three like things. Can I, before you say. Yes. Is it a boat ride? Yes. Excellent. <laughs> I love a boat ride. <laughs> so picture Splash Mountain mm-hmm. mixed with Navi River Journey. Okay. But Pocahontas. Wow. That's great. So like picture the drop. In Splash Mountain. In Splash Mountain. But that's like the bit where she like jumps off the thing. Oh. <laughs> right. Sorry. And like... None of you just saw the visual <laughs> of Sinead being Pocahontas and jumping off the cliff. I did the arms <laughs> and the head. Um, so picture that. And then there's like a whole bit where like Grandmother Willow is singing to you and it's all like UV and bioluminescent like in, fly, uh, in, in not Flight Passage. In, in Navi River. River Journey. And yeah, you could just like, you could have all like cute little animal animatronics. It'd be adorable. That's where my mind went. That's fantastic. If they ever need to get rid of Song of the South, make a Pocahontas. Because that would even work with Frontierland. And it would work in Frontierland. Wow. That's a really good one. Thanks. I really like that one. And they got the cute little Miko you could have. They put a little pug. They put little flicks everywhere. It'd be great. Adorable. (laughs) Miko is Pocahontas. Yeah, yeah. For a second there, I was like, did I mess that up? No. Excellent. Um, my one is kind of one that already kind of existed, but never really did. So do you remember they did that Ralph Breaks the Universe VR experience in Disney Springs? The Void. Yeah. Yes. So I'm thinking that, but like a proper ride. Oh, okay. So I'm thinking not necessarily VR, but along the lines of what I'm, have only ever been told of Flight of Passage of like how like real it is. Okay. going through the story of Wreck-It Ralph. Okay, cool. Because I think that Wreck-It Ralph is kind of like an under-loved movie. Oh, big time. In terms of like in the parks. Mm. Because it's a great, it's so clever. Yeah. And it's such a great story. And it doesn't really have anything. Yeah. Like really at all, except for the Halloween parade where Vanellope... And the Christmas parade. Yeah, but like that's literally that's it. Like it. their trucks trundle out and that's it. Um, but I'm thinking like, and you could make it like almost, see, then it comes into like being test track as well. Cause you could almost design your cart. Cause you know the way there's oh, the in-game cute. thing yeah. in the movie where you get to design your own cart. Yes. So I don't know if it's like, spitball here. I don't know if it's like a, if it's like a hybrid of test track and like flight of passage almost. Yeah. Cause I don't want it to be fast, but I want it to be fun. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Kind of like Radiator Springs Racers. Yeah, exactly. But it wouldn't have to be like that boom, boom, go at the yeah. end. Because it could still be for like slightly younger. Yeah. Interesting. I'm really intrigued because what you kind of said there, like around Flight of Passage and making it feel really real. I'm so intrigued as to when... So everything that I've heard about Mandalorian is how they've made it and that there's no... There's no... There's not really a lot of CGI and they no, haven't it's built all a like, lot of sets. It's, it's all, all like this classic. Like, it's all this like 3D projection stuff that they've been able to figure yeah. out, which... I get what they're talking about, but my brain still is a little bit like, huh? Yeah, I'm like, it's just like, it's just like the like classic like how, 3D projection, like, like just. But I like, but I've also heard that like execs have gone onto the sets and been like, Jesus, how long did it take you to build a set? And the guys are like, it's not a set, this is all. And they're like, what? <laughs> so I wonder if part of that, because you know the way Disney keeps saying that like Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is going to be 3D without glasses. Yes. I wonder if that's the technology mm, and whether that'll be the first kind of introduction to it. But I think if they could sort that out and they don't have to like build these massive sets and stuff yes, and they don't have to have people have 3D glasses on which everybody hates if they can feel sick if you've already got glasses such such a thing if they can figure out that like 
scene mapping thing into scenarios where people feel like they're in wherever they are mm. if they could start doing stuff like that that'd be fascinating yes so yeah thanks also it's a ride that could go into studios just say <laughs> we just want to improve studios we just want to we just want disney to be the best it can be yeah so then after rides we've got characters yes mine's like really out there <laughs> mine is pretty out there but it's very obvious for me okay you do yours first then who do you think I would pick? Who 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 is not who is not available? Mine's three. Who's not available as a character that could easily be a character? Yes, that I would love. That's not a character at all. No, I've never seen them as a character. Oh, I don't know because my first guess was Hades. No, but he's a shit character. No, I know, but no, I was thinking like, do you mean like a character you could properly interact with? Zero? Is it zero? No. Oh, I don't know. Along those lines, it's also it's a dog. No, it's a it's it's three. Oh, lock, shock, and barrel. Yes. Oh. <laughs> you could so easily make lock, shock, and barrel meetable characters. They'd have, yeah, because they'd just be face characters. At a Halloween party, I would wait years. Let alone, <laughs> let alone hours. I would wait days. Think how funny they'd be, because they'd just <gasps> ad lib. Yeah, picture, because like we posted that thing where we were dressed up as lock, shock, and barrel, and then Chip and Dale were in their little ghost egg outfits. And we were like, who's more mischievous, Lock, Shock and Barrel or Chip and Dale? It was 50-50. We had like nearly 100 people voting that. And it was 50. It was like down the barrel 50-50. And I'm down like, down the barrel. Give me Lock, Shock and Barrel. Like that would be so, they'd be so much fun to interact with. Yeah, because just think like they've got, like Jack has that like aura about him that makes him like funny but cool and such and such. Yeah. Like you could easily get people just be like, because there's so many because obviously I don't know how it works in Paris because obviously you've got the whole language thing but if you're thinking like in the States like you have so many actors that do Streetmosphere and do Citizens of Hollywood yeah and they do all that sort of stuff and they're so quick on the ball and they're so good at um, improv and ad-lib and jokes and stand-up and yeah. all that sort of stuff and it's like find three of them that are kind of like on the shorter side and stick them into Lock, Shock, I, and Barrel. I, I don't even need them to be able to talk. Give me fur characters. Oh, Just okay. Just give me Lock, Shock, and Barrel. But see, fur characters, I don't think fur characters make sense because Sally and Jack are like, Oogie's oh, a fur character. what if you had like half and half? Like Jack. Maybe. But like, Oogie's a fur character. All I want them to do is be able to make jokes. Now that you've said it, I'm like, yeah, they gotta be funny. Like, <laughs> just, I, I would love to be able to meet Lock, Shock and Barrel. Like, the seven dwarves can go take a run and jump. Give me Lock, Shock and Barrel. Excellent. At the Halloween party. Oh my God, it'd be amazing. Yeah, that's mine. It's pure dream here. Yeah. Mine's really out there. Okay. So mine is, so do you know the way, <laughs> do you know the way in Animal Kingdom, they've got Rafiki's panel watch? Yeah. That's like completely shut down, basically, apart from Art of Animation. Oh yeah. I'm thinking... You strip the entire thing. Okay. And you put animals back in it. But now this is all hypothetical, right? This is never going to happen. I think the animals are still there. Okay. Listen to me. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Come on. (laughs) You strip the whole thing. Yes. You put animals into it, but you put the animals of Disney sidekicks. So you can like, because you know the way, do you ever, this is really random, but have you ever been in a pet shop or a fish shop and there's been clownfish and kids have gone, that's Nemo. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So want that, but for all of the sidekicks. Okay. So, because immediately when I thought character, I thought Pascal. Yes. And I was like, I want to meet Pascal. And I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. No. But then I was like, but what if they just had like a chameleon? And they were like, this is Pascal. Because if I'm six, I'm like, holy shit, that's Pascal. <laughs> Right? Yes. And then my other brain, my other brain, the other side of my brain 
was like, I want to meet Maximus. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, pretty white horse. Yes. And then I also want to meet Angus, pretty black horse. <laughs> right? And then I'm like, oh, my God, I also want to meet Doug. And then I'm like, oh, my God. Golden. Brown Dogga. Brown Dogga. <laughs> and again, I also want to meet Miko. See what I mean? See where I'm getting at? <laughs> Trash Panda. Yeah. So I'm thinking, like, pretty much what Animal Kingdom already has, yeah. but specifically for, like, this Disney is Maximus, okay. and this is this, and yeah. this is this. Because I just think Disney psychics are such an important and integral part of the movies. Oh, big time. And so many people's favorite characters. Yeah. Iago, you could have parrots. Oh my God, it's perfect. Oh, Raja, there'd just be a tiger there. Yeah. <laughs> but see, it's so random because it's like, psychics are so random. I wonder how a they... A you could have a monkey. Uh, see, I wonder how they would logistically do that. Because obviously, I no, think... No, we're not talking logistics. <laughs> remember <laughs> but what i'm just saying is some of the so like some of the car- some of those sidekicks oh, already exist in the park oh but also, they can make it like the wilderness explorer thing where you have to go and find all the disney sidekicks and get stamps that's a good one as well yeah 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 yeah. i like it that's what i'm thinking all i'm thinking is like a way for because obviously adults understand their animals but like kids could yeah. be like oh wow he looks like that and oh he looks exactly like this do you know what i mean yeah I like it. I think it's a way to like integrate the sidekicks into the park. I like it. That's my good job. Hot take. <laughs> there we go. So the next thing we have down here is park. So mine, I feel like it's pretty obvious if anybody knows me. Um, and it's something that a lot of people discuss. And it's a villain's version of the Magic Kingdom. Has been discussed. Yeah. Within Disney. <laughs> yeah. So a villain's version of a castle park like give me a big gothic castle covered in maleficent briars give me rides about all the disney villains i i don't think i'd ever leave i just i think it'd be so much fun you get to have villains everywhere like the food would be great be, oh i'd love it okay if i like sat down i could like plan out a whole park oh easily and do that do it with just the villains and stuff uh made my day but yeah, that's mine. Villains Park. Pretty pretty basic idea, I feel, but I dream. Excellent. The only thing I could think of was a Pixar Park. Ooh. And I know there's Pixar Pier, and that's kind of like... Close. Clo- like, it is pretty close. But I'm thinking more like immersive Pixar. Okay. So, like, proper... Because, like, oh, that, that's what I was thinking. I was like, you could put the Ralph right in there. <laughs> So I'm thinking more like immersive stuff. Okay. So like, you know, the way you've got Toy Story Playland and everything's like real big, mm. but I'm thinking like you can go through like Andy's room yeah. and you could be a toy in Andy's room and that kind of stuff. Mm. And I just, every, and you could go through and you could, what's the thing I was thinking of? <sighs> I don't know. Oh, and then I was thinking of like, you could integrate the Pixar shorts into it as well. Oh yeah. So like there could, you could, like, I know they do like bow buns at the food and wine and whatever's on at the moment but i'm thinking like a proper like bow station bow station yeah or then there could be like some sort of like 4d experience for like the blue umbrella Mm. or and all that sort of stuff so i'm thinking like a proper like park park for pixar i can guarantee you that brevney will subscribe to your newsletter (laughs) yeah And the only thing, like, you know, the way, like, there'd obviously be no castle. So the only thing I'm thinking is the up house with the balloons. Oh, that's not where my mind went. What did you do, Mike? I went like spaceship earth size Luxo ball. Oh, that's also a really good one. (laughs) Like, big, massive ball. Oh, yeah, that's real good. I like that also. You could do, you could have like lands. 
yeah but like and then like or even if you had like a a life-size version of the up house that you could like walk through oh that'd be cute and then you get like like in toontown yeah oh that'd be cute yeah and then you could like buy balloons again look at all these things you could easily make money off of disney you need to give us a ring (laughs) so yeah it's pretty again it's pretty basic but i couldn't think of anything else that I would want to go to, I think. Yeah. Because I don't necessarily... I know before we started recording, you talked about how people talked of like a princess park. Yeah. But I don't think I'd really be there for a princess park. I think I'd get bored pretty quickly. That's fair. It's all too regal and Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like princesses are fun and all, Mm. but like they're fun for like an hour. Yeah. And then I'm done. I getcha. So the next thing we have is dining experience. Yeah. I want to go to the cafe in uh, Big Hero 6 where the, the auntie's cafe okay it's so specific but I want like that to be a dining experience can I pet the cat yes yes more animals thank you That's as long as I can pet the cat I'm happy I just think that'd be really cute you could do like a mochi cat cafe you yeah could... that'd be yes ah <laughs> Fantastic. And then my other thing is also bring the Rapunzel dining experience to the park. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Mine yes. is a specific scene from a movie. Excellent. So I'm thinking the penguin scene from Mary Poppins. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Let me think. <laughs> the original Mary Poppins. The original Mary Poppins. The penguins the where penguins. they're outside. Yes. On the little... So I know we chairs. already have Holly Jolly Bakery. Uh-huh. But, but just, just it, like it's just amp it up. It's just basically a bakery. Yeah. But just like amp it up. And like the cast members all wear like Tuxedos. penguiny costumes. Oh, with little tails. Yeah. That's cute. And little like flippery looking shoes. I'm, cute. I... <laughs> Be a absolute hell hazard. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm like, no but one's gonna walk anywhere. But yeah, I'm thinking that kind of a that kind of a scenario. That's cute. Yeah. Maybe they could just slot it into Mary Poppinsville. Maybe. In Epcot. Maybe. You know, maybe it's coming tonight. Maybe. Maybe it's on its way. Maybe. <laughs> so, next up is merch. And I actually really struggled with this. My big one, which we all know, I think, is a Tower of Terror spirit jersey. Yes. Because, obviously. And then I think just in general, like a general thing, is just like better merch in Disneyland Paris. But we've been through that. I don't know how many times. Yeah. <coughs> I came up with two kind of like remits. One kind of ties into yours. So I would like them to continue doing spirit jerseys or lounge flies or whatever for the classic rides. Mm -hmm. And not even just the classic rides, like whatever ride. It doesn't necessarily have to be a classic. But like, although I always say this, that I would love a big Thunder Mountain spirit jersey, but it's going to be brown. Brown. And I don't like brown. Although I think if they did a DLP one, they could do that like rusty orange. I was just about to say, they could probably make it like deep, like ready burnt orange mm. but you know the colour I'm thinking of but I, I just I want a spirit jersey that says wildest ride in the wilderness that has a little train on the front choo choo that's all I want and I can say like yeehaw and like the bottom right hand butt yeah <laughs> and I want a teacups one that it has a little teacup on the front and on the back it says time for tea yeah it's tea time like and then it has the like lanterns on the bottom of it kind of similar to the way the small world one yeah. was the Mary Blair one mm-hmm. I'd like a space mountain spirit jersey yeah Um, I'd like a dinosaur one. Oh yeah where Dinos- it says let's go get that dino yeah. on the back and it has a little dino on the front like I would love it like There's just, just so many just give me a range of spirit jerseys for all rides <gasps> what about a main street spirit jersey oh, like main, main street, street USA say, and then it had all the little buildings around the bottom oh that would be what would you have on the front 
Like a cart. <gasps> Do you know what you could have in the front? You know that little <laughs> sign that has like Walt's dedication, here you leave. Oh, yeah, yeah, Oh, that'd yeah. be cute. That's a lot to put on the front, Yeah, though. true. A lot to put on Like the silhouette of the train station? Maybe. Oh, yeah, that, the, like, initials. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cute. Like, why don't we work for Disney anymore? <laughs> in, Just, like, a merchandising capacity. Because we brainstormed for, what, two minutes? And we've yeah. got all of this? Yeah, but I would, I would like more spirit jerseys and stuff for the classic rides. But also, I would just like a full Madame Leota range that also came to DLP. Fair. Do you know what I want is a Pascal Pandora charm. Oh, that'd be cute. Do you have a Pandora bracelet? Yeah, but I never wear it because it always Uh, gets in the way of like life. Yeah, I only Um, wear it at the weekends. (laughs) So like I do have one um, and I'm thinking about getting one and starting again and just having like two charms on it. The problem is I have one that like wraps around three times okay so that it could fit more on but it, it's it's too jangly so i'm thinking of maybe getting like a like a regular one and maybe just having like and cap it at like three charms and like have it just nice hmm. because i think i'd wear that but if one of them was a pascal one 100 percent. are you laughing because i'm Sorry. staring at my wrist you just like missed <laughs> so as hilarious as me pretending to be pocahontas was kate just like stared at her wrist for like <laughs> An extended five seconds of silence and it was hilarious. I was like envisioning a Pandora bracelet on my wrist. <laughs> the other thing is it would have to go on my left wrist, but I already wear my watch on my left wrist because I write with my right one. And your watch would just bore it to death that it would just fall off from the noise. That's really mean. <laughs> okay. I quite like the ticking noise. I find it quite soothing when I'm trying to go to sleep. I know and neither can anybody else in the life they're like what's that noise is there a bomb Kate left it de- in the de- Kate left it in my kitchen when she stayed over one night and I had to like go and put it in her jacket because I was like I can't bear this being in the same room as me so I do apologize mm, what's the last? do you know what I want oh what do you want is Samsung phone cases readily available because they only do ones for iPhones. I know in America you can go to the tech thing and you can just make a case for whatever phone you want. Yeah. But like pre-made cases in the store and in the parks are only iPhone. And I hate that companionship. I want Samsung. And don't say a word about it because this is hypothetical things that don't have devil advocates. So don't say a fucking word. Oh well. (laughs) So the other two things that we have down here that we're adding on to our wish list is one thing that you want to change from how it currently is. So it can be a ride that you would like to change or a show that you would like to change or something that's being done in the park that you would like to change, something that you want to change. I want to change um, Illuminations. <laughs> okay. And put it back to dreams. <laughs> Fair. Or do you know what? No, I actually don't think it needs to be dreams. I think it just needs to be a new show. Okay. I know, which is really annoying because Illuminations isn't actually that old and it hasn't been running that long. Yeah. But everything they put in it made it so outdated so quickly. Yeah. Which was kind of, it was really stupid. It was really short-sighted of them. I actually don't even think, I think the issue with Illuminations is one, the Beauty and the Beast bit. So stupid. I 100% would have supported if they had animated Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. I get it. It's France. Have a French princess in there. 100% I get it but putting the live action one it's just a promo for the movie and the movie was eons ago but I think the biggest issue with Illuminations is they didn't factor in that not everybody and the vast majority of people 
will have a perfect view. Yeah. And it is not enjoyable if you don't have a perfect view because a lot of the projections are very low on the castle. Yeah. So if you can't see the bottom of the castle, you spend the whole time, one, trying to see the bottom of the castle or two, trying not to hit the person in front of you because you can't see the bottom of the castle. Because they keep bopping from side to side and putting their children up on their shoulders and their children down and moving to the left and moving to the right and then someone just stands in front of you and it's just... Yeah. I think if they raised it... So that everything took place yeah. in like the middle of the castle wouldn't wouldn't have an issue at all. Yeah. See, the problem is to it's a very firework light show. Yeah. For cost reasons, obviously. But that means that a lot of it is water show. Yeah. But the water again, unless you're standing in the middle of the hub, you can't really see what's going on with the water. No. Because as we said before, when we saw it from the VI, the Infinity Pass, we were like, Beautiful. oh my God, what an amazing show. But you literally don't see it unless you're right there. And it just doesn't cater to literally everybody. Like when we went, when me and Ed went on our trip, I literally turned to him and I was like, we don't need to see the fireworks. And he's like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah. I was like, it's actually such a waste of time. Because the even the guarantee that you'll get a spot that you can even see the top of the castle and be able to see the fireworks is very limited. Yeah. Because people are just so rude and inconsiderate. Yeah. And the amount of children that go on shoulders just want to knock them all down with the bowling ball. So yeah, so my big thing is that Disneyland Paris definitely needs a new fireworks show. I think they just need to bite the bullet and make it firework heavy because I just think that's what that particular castle needs because it's not a massive wide castle Yeah. that you can see from really, really far away. Do you know what I also think they need? To incorporate the projection mapping on Main Street. Yes. I think that would make a massive difference. Because Disneyland has a fucking tiny castle. Yeah, that's right. Their castle is like tinchy winchy. Yeah. But nobody really cares where they watch it from because everything that happens on the castle also happens on Main Street. So if you're on Main Street, you can just watch it all on Main Street. Yeah. So, yeah. And that wouldn't cost them a whole lot. But yeah, I agree. I, and again, this has gone DLP related. I want them to completely overhaul their food and beverage service. Yeah, I knew that was going to be what your one was, so I did say that. <laughs> like, from the standpoint of catering for people with allergies, not just with, here's a frozen here's a frozen meal, because that does not happen in the US parks in any way, shape, or form. Catering for vegetarians and vegans. And just overall productivity. Because, and don't get me wrong, I've worked for Disney in a capacity where you were worked to the bone, basically, at times. And I never want to advocate that for cast members. However, Disneyland Paris has to have the worst productivity rate. Oh, absolutely. When it comes to food and beverage. They're so slow. It's mind boggling. And I think they need to just get away from this whole menu thing. Because I think that confuses guests. And they don't really understand. And they're wanting to chop and change things. And they can't and that kind of thing. They just need to do away with the menus. Yeah. And I think things would move a lot quicker. But across the board. People taking your orders. People making your orders. All of that kind of stuff. It just is so freaking slow. For no reason. Like I don't understand. Because like quick service counters are everywhere. In Disney parks. Non in Disney parks. They work so much more efficiently. Why is it such a struggle for Disneyland Paris? I just don't understand it. So I just think they need to just start over again with their food and beverage because, and even if they just do it by restaurant, because it's just ludicrous. I have to say, when I went to California Grill, that was probably 
the best meal like service yeah I've ever seen okay like everything came out pretty the only thing that took a little while was the drinks I think that's because she was trying to figure out what she actually needed to do but like the food came out really quickly the bread came out really quickly we asked for water it came back in like 10 seconds the plates got whipped not whipped away really quickly but like plates got cleared really quickly like that was I have to say the best food service I've experienced and obviously it's obviously because of like the top tier but it shouldn't take it shouldn't take to have to go that high to be able to get good food service yeah <clears throat> so the biggest thing I would want to change is food service in DLP because it's obscene correct so what is one thing that you think Disney are doing really well I don't want to say mine in case it's the same as yours I haven't honestly really thought of one okay so mine is parades oh okay I think their parades are outstanding their parades aren't like classic parades because I only really noticed this when Tim Tracker did his recent video for the parade, the Macy parade, the Macy's holiday parade in Universal. Yes. Oh, Universal's parades are horrific. I know, right? But when you think about it, that's what a parade is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like, obviously Tim was like, they're much more like classical, like OG yeah. version of a parade. And then I think of Disney parades and I'm like, what a fucking show. Yeah, it's a literal moving show. Like, they're fantastic. I have to say, there's not one parade I've watched from Disney and been like, ah, that was all right. Yeah. Like, no, you I have agree. to give it, like, the dancers, like, the music synchronization, the floats. The costumes. Exactly. And I even, the, what makes me think, what puts it for me is that they're doing really well is that they're really good in Paris. Yes. Paris has some, Paris has honestly some of the best parades. Yeah, and I think I'd want to put this in the spot that we're talking about now because of how good they are in Paris. Yeah. And because Paris is so low down on some other things, the fact that their parades are so on point makes me feel like everywhere in the world that there's a Disney park, their parades are fantastic. Yeah. Which I know is true because I've seen the parades in all the parks and they're fantastic. Yeah. And you even watch the parades from Tokyo and stuff. They're great. Like they're different, but they're still great. Yeah. I'm really struggling with this. Of like something they're doing really well. Yeah. I think one thing that I've really enjoyed recently. Okay. And I feel like I'm just going to be referring to the Imagineering story again. Um, And it's not necessarily even just the Imagineering story. It's bringing people into the magic in a different way. Okay. Uh, and by this I mean, so for example, the Imagineering story, they really are peeling it all back. Like you get to see the insides of rides when they're not in function. You get to see backstage. You get to see the utilidors, stuff like that. Like they're really bringing you into it in a different way. But they're also doing it in ways that like, for example, the two books that I have from Disneyland Paris, the Phantom Manor one and the Pirates of the Caribbean one. Like that's fully bringing you into the full story from creation and everything like that. And I think they're kind of finally starting to give the people that want to know more. Yeah. More. Mm -hmm. Because like, yes, you'll, you'll always have those people that are just like, I'm going to go to Florida and I'm going to go there and I'm going to do this and cool. I went to Disney. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And that's fine. Absolutely. Because there's always going to be people that that's how, that's how they experience it. And that's how they want to experience. And that's all they want to. But I think for kind of the other side of that, and they even kind of them embracing a lot more like vloggers and bloggers and that kind of thing and creating the likes of the inside ears and inviting the likes of the Diz and Tim Tracker and stuff like that to like dedication ceremonies and media events and that kind of thing. Like they really are embracing the fandom. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Don't get me wrong, it's not perfect by mm. any by any means. No. But it's something that they are definitely throwing into. Even something small that DLP does is a lot of times on their Instagram, they're like, we're gonna make a pin. 
and you're gonna choose it. And it's like little, like, they put up a poll and it's like, do you want to see, I think the last one I saw, it was like, do you want to see a Rapunzel pin or do you want to see a bell pin? And people just voted on their Instagram. Yeah. And then it was like the next day it was like, you voted for Rapunzel. Great. (laughs) Do you want these colours or these colours? And then people vote on the thing. They're like, cool. And it's like, it's just stupid little things like that where they're really trying to get the fans engaged and having the annual pass holder little Facebook group. Again, other people can't post in it, but like they put up a little thing and it's like, hey, here's the meetups for November or here's the meetups for December. Who's going to be there? Like trying to get people to meet up and stuff like that. So I think them kind of embracing that people want to experience more than just the parks as they are on a surface um, and kind of wanting to see more of the back end side of things. I think the fact that they're trying to give that to people more, I, I'm really enjoying that. I, I'm liking, I'm liking all of that. Great. Fab. I think that flew fine pretty well. I, I think it did. So I will do my best to come up with a little template thing and I'll whack it up on our Instagram and let us know what your wish list is. Let us know what you would like to see change, what you're happy with, all of that good stuff. Fantastic. I'm ready to go to bed. So I think we should wrap this thing up. (laughs) Absolutely. As always, thank you very much for listening, guys. We really, really do appreciate it. Feel free to check us out on Instagram at Mickey Waffles Pod and share this with whoever you think might enjoy a bit of Disney in their life. Yeah. Also, if no one's ever listened to our podcast before, this floof episode, I think, is a great introduction. Oh, big time. Because no, don't send them all the way back to the front. That's stupid. Yeah. Send them on this one. Absolutely. Or if you ever wanted to explain to someone why you like the like intricacies, intricacies, that's the word I was looking for, (laughs) of Disney... Send them this episode and be like, look, there's people like me. They're also crazy. Because that's how podcasts work. Exactly. (laughs) And that's it for today, guys. Thanks Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.